Welcome to GRIT, the Real Estate Growth Mindset Podcast, hosted by Brian Charlesworth, founder of Sisu. Sisu provides growth automation software for real estate. You'll hear stories from real estate thought and technology leaders, team owners, and brokers on how to grow their business in a rapidly changing industry. You'll learn how to transform your brokerage and teams into a high-performing and analytics-driven business so you have a new, durable, competitive advantage against disruption in your market. So let's get right into it. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Grit Podcast. I'm Brian Charlesworth. I'm the founder of Sisu, and I'm the host of the show. And today, I'm here with Gabe Cordova. And uh, Gabe is the president of Firepoint, who just merged with another company. Uh, We will talk about that today. Uh, He is the voice and the visionary of the company. Uh, Firepoint, for those of you who don't know, is a real estate-focused CRM. And uh, Gabe also has over 16 years of experience in the real estate industry and also owns or co-owns a team in Boise, Idaho. I think you have about, how many agents do you have there, Gabe? Uh, right around 10 right now. We're actually okay. kind of uh, in transition on that, but yeah. Okay, with, with 10 agents. So uh, Gabe, I think it's super, super interesting that you spend 16 years in the industry, you know, building a business, being a sales professional and moving from that to being the president or CEO, I don't know for sure which, of Firepoint. So why don't you give us a little bit more of your background on the real estate side? I'd like, I'd like everyone to know, uh, our listeners to know what your experience is there because I know just, just the, the few, you know, I was in the real estate industry for about two years before I started Sisu and just those few years of experience are what led me to start Sisu, but it also gives me, in, you know, I, I think a leg up when I when I meet with real estate teams and companies sure. and knowing what's going on there. So share some of that with us. Yeah, uh, good. Because, you know, you're like 16 years and it's not like, man, you're sounding, make you sound old. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, did I lie? Is it about 16 years? Yeah, no, it is. You're, yeah, I started in 03, so actually more like 17. So, no, yeah, um, you know, I started uh, probably like a lot of people that, that you know, are, are, are joining us. I, you know, I had this... Uh, this interest, this passion for real estate, and I, and I got in not really knowing what I was getting into. And uh, I, was, I was new to the Boise area, uh, didn't have anybody handing me a book of business or, or anything. So I got in and was just scared to death, didn't know where my next deal was coming from. I did have one friend that was uh, wanting to buy. So I think like, as a lot of agents we get in, and usually have that one sphere deal that gets us going. But man, <laughs> then I was like, what the heck, what's next? And uh, fear is a great motivator for me. And I instantly just started realizing that, uh, you know, that there, there are deals out there, there's a lot of opportunity and uh, just really started making sure that I was available, whether it was open houses or floor time uh, or just asking, asking a lot of the, the, the big agents at the year, the year I started, the realtor of the year for Idaho was in my office. And, and I remember just hearing her complain about not getting, you know, to her phone and all of her voicemails and, and just even just saying like, hey, you, you have overflow, I'd be more than happy to send your referral. And so I started getting some of her overflow and then uh, started asking agents if I could advertise their listings uh, on Craigslist. So in my area, in uh, 03, 04, nobody was advertising on Craigslist. And now, so, now you were, you said you were 14 at the time or how old were you? <laughs> I wish, I wish. 
Um, you know, so, so I literally, I just took over Craigslist. I got the permission of about 30 different agents or brokers in the Valley to advertise their listings. And without knowing it, I, I kind of became a lead generation team company agent uh, on sticky notes, which was terrible. Um, and just kind of my, my passion really went into this lead gen and then lead conversion. All of a sudden I started seeing all these opportunities uh, come about and started forming a team without realizing I was forming a team. Uh, and, you know, just found this passion for generating leads and then converting them, figuring out what we were doing differently. And, and that's just really progressed over my career to where, you know, once got, we got it going here in Boise, we actually, uh, went independent, uh, formed a, a brokerage with some friends. And then we started doing some satellite teams that, that I would manage in other cities. So at one point we had a team here in Boise and Twin Falls, Las Vegas, um, Reno, one in Salt Lake for a little while where we were just doing the lead gen and the follow-up and handing the, the, the warm leads and hand raisers off to other agents. And, and it, you know, it's just crazy how things happen. And that's what, like you said, you know, your real estate experience led you to CSU. That's really what really led me and the other founders to, to Firepoint was just, you know, the lack of tools and systems at the time that were available that really, um, really worked like an agent's brain, like an either a top producing agent or as a team, how we work day to day. And that's really what got us to, to start up, you know, Firepoint and get it to where it is today uh, as, as, as a system. So very yeah. much still involved, like I said, uh, my partner runs our team here in Boise uh, and then kind of help a couple other agents work and run their teams in other areas as well. So still very much involved running the teams, but definitely more from the, bird's eye view of making sure we're getting systems in place and not just chasing new leads and spending more money, but uh, actually converting. Okay. So you've been a lead gen machine since you got in the industry. Therefore you were attracting a lot of people. Yep. And then at some point you're saying to yourself, you know what, we can, we can put a better system together for all of these agents than, than anything that I have the ability to access out yeah, there. Yeah, sort of. I mean, I don't know. The three ring binder system was pretty amazing. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not even kidding, man. When we started posting all these listings on Craigslist, we had three ring binders and we'd put the listings we were posting and then we had like sticky notes and things. And as people were calling in, that was, that was our system. I hate to even admit it, but I mean, and it was phone were ringing nonstop. So yeah, we didn't have systems and early on there wasn't a lot out there, at least in my mind that did what we needed to do. So systems are key and they're, they're changing nonstop. But what's yeah. sad is I still hear people saying that this is their CRM. And yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, and some people say CSU is their CRM and I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> so so um, yesterday I actually had a, like a two hour meeting with an individual who founded insightcells.com, which is now, you know, they're a billion dollar company. They've changed their name, but he shared something very interesting and he was talking about systems and he said, if you have all the right systems and he called them checklists, right? You have a checklist for every role in your company, then you can hire 10 to $15 an hour employees and they can complete those checklists, right? Mm -hmm. So you don't need to always hire the, you know, the, the most expensive, most experienced person out there Anyway, that just the value of systems, as you're saying, Gabe. So, um, so you guys start Firepoint. How long ago was that? Yeah, we. I mean, technically, I mean, before it was really available to the public. Fourteen. We really 
you know, the first couple of users, myself and, and another agent over on the East Coast, he'll always say he was the first user. I say I was, but you know, whatever. Um, you know, that was really in, in early 15, getting it going. Um, and we were kind of our own beta testers, but you know, what it is today versus then is, is completely different, as, as you know, has how product everything evolves. But, you know, one thing we've, we've really stayed true to since then is um, really the agents, the teams are really shaping in and, and creating this product, right? We have the devs building it and all that, but, you know, we really rely on agents, the team leads uh, to really tell us what they're needing, how it should work uh, so that when they get it, you know, it's there and, and keep it scalable. I, that's the other thing. I think, you know, before we go too deep into this, people feel like they have to spend, you know, thousands of dollars a month right off the bat and you don't have to, right? Technology systems should scale and grow with you. Um, and, and this isn't, you know, a firepoint pitch by any means. I, I, I just think the industry can level up as a whole and own their data and their systems. And whether it's firepoint or somebody else, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's critical. It's 2020 folks. We, we've got to have systems in place and it's not all about just hiring a 10, $12 an hour, uh, employee. It's, it's protecting what is ours, right? As agents, we are our, our database, our book of business, and we need to have it readily available. Um, you know, backed up, uh, uh, automated in certain areas, and the ability to take it with us, right? So yeah. we just, we can't be relying on, um, you know, the, the brokerage free or this or that. Like, I mean, I don't know what the average sales price is in, in Salt Lake right now, but even in Boise, you know, we're well over $300,000 in the surrounding area. You know, that's over a $9,000 commission, right? We are at the point, even if you're only selling you know, eight to 10 homes a year. I mean, you are making well above the median income in most markets, especially where we live, right? It's time to be professionals and let's get systems and tools in place to protect that book of business, protect our clients to make sure we're not dropping the ball on missing deadlines, on missing things while we're working on converting. Um, but then just even having that balance, right? If you're an agent watching this or a team lead, it gets stressful. And if we, have, if we don't have systems and technology or we have the wrong systems and technology, we're always worrying, waiting for something to break or fall apart. And it, it just, there's too many great companies out there right now to be living like that. And, and most of these companies offer the handholding to even get it set up and implemented in your business to where you are working more efficiently, you know, and professionally. Okay, so you talk about systems and honestly, you know, some listeners out there are going, okay, I have all the systems drilled in. And some listeners are going systems and they're glazing over going, what are systems actually? So you just mentioned follow-up. Maybe you could give us a few examples of what you're referring to when you say you've got to have systems in place, just so that we can dumb it down so that everybody out there is like, okay, I get that. I understand why I need that. So, yeah. And, and I think some do, and, and then maybe they don't really understand it. So so even just, if we're even just gonna talk follow-up, I mean, follow-up all starts, starts at the beginning. So how are, you know, I'm, I'm trying really hard to break myself, it's a bad habit where I'm saying leads. Um, uh, a really wise uh, lady that I met through Ylopa, Olivia told me, they're not leads, they're people, right? Um, and so all these people that, that we're, we're getting the opportunity to, to provide our service to, right? Um, whether they're coming, we're meeting them at open house, whether we're doing lead gen on Facebook or Google or, buying them through, you know, uh, Zillow or Realtor, however they're coming into us, right? We all have these opportunities, uh, referrals. It doesn't matter. It almost always starts 
with that opportunity of this person who we might get to work with coming into our systems. Now that might just mean that you got a phone call or a text, but it goes deeper, right? Again, we're talking, let's just say nine grand commission. What's happening in that follow-up that's automated? When it comes in, your systems should be able to identify, hey, did it come from, uh, did it come from Zillow? Did it come from Realtor? Did it come from, from Facebook? So that if you want an automatic uh, text message or a video could go out from you saying, hey, thanks for reaching out to me from Zillow. My name's Gabe with Core Group uh, EXP here in Boise. I'll be reaching out to you. So whatever it is, something that's automated going out, recognizing they're a real person, how they got to you, right? I always like to talk about focusing on their journey, not ours. As agents, we're so worried about when, when a person comes to us, a new opportunity, picking up the phone and setting an appointment. You know, just have a conversation. Find out what, what's going on in their journey and your systems will help you, right? So if it's somebody who's relocating from out of state and it's a long ways out, your systems, you know, you can put in this long-term nurture where there's a ton of automation, right? Where it's, it's sending them properties from your system, not from MLS because that's outside your ecosystem, work in one place. So properties are going out to them. You can see what properties they're looking at. Which ones are they looking at more than once? They're saving it favorites so that you can make adjustments to that so that your systems can make those adjustments for you. Your system can send uh, update text messages saying, hey, Brian, um, I know that we spoke and you're looking at relocating in another 12 to 18 months. Just wanna make sure your timeline's on. Your systems can have a lot of these touch points that if we're honest with ourselves as agents and as team leads, we're dropping the ball on, right? So the follow-up, a lot of your systems, a lot of this can be automated. It's just having a conversation with someone, identifying where they are in their journey, and our systems can do a lot of the, the touch points that don't look automated. Um, I never want anything to look automated uh, and lose sight of the service aspect of this industry because, man, you know me, I get going, I get on my soapbox and I'm like all over the place. So none of us got into this industry because we want to be ruthless salespeople, hammering the phone nonstop uh, because we know dials are important and they are. We got into this industry because we're typically fun-loving people and we want to provide great service, right? We're like, man, I enjoy doing this. I want to make sure, you know, I understand this is people's biggest investment of their lives probably. I want to make it smooth and enjoyable. We get in for the service aspect. So when you're setting up your systems and this follow-up, because I know people cringe sometimes when I talk about automation and things like that. When you're setting these systems up, always focus on the service, not the sale. So even if it's that initial call coming in, people are like, man, I, I dread making that initial phone call because, you know, even though the, the lead came in saying it was, you know, Brian, I don't want Brian to yell at me when I call right away, even though Brian, you know, gave us his, his phone. But I think it's because we're picking this up thinking I have to have a conversation right off the bat or in my subsequent follow-up calls to set an appointment before I've ever got to know you. When you focus on the service, man, those calls get, those calls get a lot easier. Hey, just want to see how I can be of service or were there any homes that you saw that might be of interest that I can dig deeper on or neighborhoods, whatever it is. When we're sitting yeah, up you guys, Gabe, do you guys at Firepoint automate mm -hmm. that? Do you automate the texting so that yeah. when yeah, somebody somebody comes in, you're automatically sending them AI texts that say, hey, what about this? And then you're sending a follow-up. Hey, so what about this? Multiple different ways you can do it. Yeah, so we can set it up to where you know if it comes in and it's from Zillow, for example. We'll just stick with that example. I can tell the system, hey, if it comes in and it's from Zillow, um, once it gets, once the lead comes into the system, wait one minute and 14 seconds and send this text message or send this text message with this uh, video in it, whatever you want, right? Or we can say, if I, if I speak to you and I know you're a year and a half out, 
Um, first of all, I know when you tell me that you're a year and a half out, you're probably only a year out, you know, maybe even nine months. I always cut it in half. Cut it in half agents, yep. agents hear that and then they set a follow-up for a year and four months because it's a year and a half out. And well, it's too late. You've already built a relationship with somebody over that time and you're using them, right? So I can set a long-term uh, drip campaign that, you know what, in three days, send this text message. And again, it could be a video. I have my long-term buyer. Hey, Gabe here again. I know you're not moving to the area for a while. So like you have an out of uh, area drip. Hey, I know uh, you're not moving for a while, but just want to touch base again. Make sure you're finding the tools on my website, corehomesearch.com. Useful. If there are any tips I can give you, please let me know how I could be of service. I always focus on the service. So, so these yeah, are drip campaigns. Are those set up by you guys or are those set up by your customers? Um, so both. So we'll, we have built in campaigns and everything you can do in there, but guys, everybody's business is different. And here's where I really want you to tweak things and make it yourself. You're going to get out whatever you put in. We all want the easy button, right? We all want it. We're going to give you the tools. We offer additional tools to help you set them up. But man, when, when you really want to find the sweet spot of growing and scaling and getting, you know, automation and systems working for you, put a little bit of time into them up front, right? So we can do that. But Brian, the way you would want a long-term buyer, campaign to go is different than somebody in Las Vegas versus somebody in Florida versus somebody in New York, right? Because there's seasonality, there's different things. You know, take these, they really don't take much time at all, right? Anything that's worth having is worth working for, right? And, and, and if you really look at top agents and teams, you know, everybody's like, oh, they just must work so much harder, so much harder. I don't think it's so much harder, but they did put more work in than the average agent's typically willing to do, and your system should be easy. So, so there's a long answer to your question, but we have them, but man, you need to get in and tweak them. And once you create one, it's really easy to then adjust it, right? So yeah, you have your long-term buyer out of state. Well, now let's do a long-term in-state, right? They a little bit different messaging. It's really easy to adjust, but it's still probably the same time frames. And people are okay. like, man, the thought of building a year and a half or two year, you don't have to say something different all the time. When you're focusing yeah. on a service, what do people want? Why are they going to your website? Why are they going to Zillow or Realtor.com or wherever? They want pretty pictures of pretty homes. They're wanting to find something that fits their needs, right? As long as you're always focusing on it, it's easy to just have one or two things. And the idea is just staying in front of them and providing a service and being ready so that when they raise their hand that you call on them. And that's where the systems come in. It takes a lot of that busy work out for you. Okay. So... Gabe, when I look at the CRM space in real estate, I mean, there are a lot of great CRMs out there in real estate. So what's like your big differentiator at Firepoint? What really sets you guys apart and why should somebody, why should somebody use Firepoint over somebody else? Um, great question. I mean, and, and there are a lot in the field. I think the, the big thing that makes us different, there's a couple, scalability for sure. I shouldn't have to spend, you know, thousand dollars, fifteen hundred, or anywhere near that if I'm a one, two, three person team. I, I just shouldn't have to do that. We need to scale and I shouldn't get something that super strips down, right? So, so we're very scalable. So whether you're a single agent, team of four, team of five, you get everything um, and you don't... And and what, what about the large side? You talked about team of 14, single agent. What about on the upper hand? What's kind of like the max that that is that you guys ideally support? Man, I mean, we have, we have teams up that are a couple hundred people. I mean, we, we okay. really have everything from a single agent. I mean, it's because it's scalable, right? You can kind of toggle on and off what you need and just understanding teams work like that. And, you know, so, so the, the benefit that scalable really helps, you know, the smaller teams. Um, and then the larger teams, what we've really built in 
is we want to create an ecosystem. And this even goes back into why we just merged with Realvolve and becoming, you know, one company is, is it's so hard already to get in and out of one system, let alone two, let alone three, right? And, and for me to say, hey, FirePoint's a perfect all-in-one doesn't make sense. And honestly, it would be a lie, right? What you need as an all-in-one for your team is different than what, you know, um, this gal over here needs versus it, it's all different. And I think really your, 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 your real estate CRM website solution is really your foundation. It needs to have key components and then it needs to work well and play well with others to let you toggle on and toggle off the pieces that you need to do to really create your perfect all in one, right? Like I'm not going to go build gamification and, and the advanced reporting that CSU has because we can just integrate, right? And now people that want that can toggle it on where you don't want to go build a full on CRM where people are like, Oh, Brian, you're already a CRM. Well, you're not right. There are things yeah. that we just know that we do really, really well that we're going to build and give them functionality. And then we want to be able them to say, you know what, I'm going to bring in CSU and I want to bring in, you know, why whatever it is to create their perfect all in one for them. And guess what? It's going to be a little bit different in another year, right? Especially if you're growing or scaling. So we really want to focus on, let's give you very easy to use tools that are created by agents. So it makes sense, right? And keep you in one spot. So that means when the leads come in, that means they want to work with uh, CSU. They don't have to leave to go log their calls, log their conversations, doing that. It's automatically going into it. Um, you know, if they want to re uh, record their phone calls or do mass emailing or video emailing, it's all built in and they just toggle on and off what they want. So they're not leading places. Agents need to be more efficient, right? We're all over the places as, as, as the norm and we need to get more focused and our, our technology needs to be, you know, the platform, the, the, the base of that tech stack, right? So you can add on, I want to add on ISA services. I can do that. So I can just have my agents focusing on talking to real people, showing property, negotiating contracts, and going to closing. So it sounds like you're really focused on really enhancing your integration hub, if you will. Yeah. Is, we're, that, uh, is, that, a, is yeah. that a true statement? It is. Yeah. It's a huge focus of ours. Uh, you know, there are certain core things that we're wanting to build up that, that, are, that are included. You know, one area where I felt, you know, we were working really was kind of the, the automated workflows, different than drip campaigns but workflows, really that appointment forward. And that's really, you know, we, we just merged with, with Realvolve. They do this better than I think anybody in the industry. And it was really just, they didn't do what we did. We don't do what they do, even though we're both CRMs in the field. And it's a lot of people that were using Realvolve were using us and or someone else. And again, piecing it together, but having to log in and out, that's just, None of us enjoy that, let's face it. Okay, and so, okay, so RealVault, one, one more time, that's gonna be some work on your end to get that integration built so that it's one platform instead of two platforms. Correct. Congratulations on your merger, by the way. Okay. Tell us, what does that mean to the user? If, yeah. if I come to FirePoint, and probably not now, but in the future when you guys get this all synced up and embedded together, these two mm -hmm. platforms, what does that mean to me as a user at that point? Uh, it's uh, more tools at your fingertips again, right? It's just, it's a more robust foundation. So when you come in again, it's having that scalable product that if you just want to, if you come in and you're really, you know, bo uh, book of your business or most of your business is repeat past clients and you, you're just rocking and rolling with that. You don't want a lot of lead gen. It's the ease of the use of the FirePoint system and backend UX that you're used to. 
with the powerful workflows and the automation that Realvol comes in. Or if you want that and lead gen, you can package, you can turn it all on. It's really allowing you even at a deeper level to now come in and create your perfect all-in-one system. So whether it's all the tools that we offer, where you can you know, pick and choose what it is. It, too many systems are, are, are one size fits all, right? It's here's everything we do that must work for the masses. And that's not, that's not how it works, right? And so we're, we, we understand that we really wanna create this ecosystem, this tech stack ability. So each and everybody, whether you're a top producing single agent or a team or a brokerage, really creates this all in one system with what we have and or with our partners. And I don't, I don't even like saying integrations and I know we're, we're integrated and you know, we work together, but it really needs to be you know, partnerships. I remember you and I sitting down in, in Las Vegas at Inman last fall and yeah. you know, some of the reporting stuff that we kind of report on that, that you guys aren't doing and how do we work together to send that data back and forth, but then all the gamification you guys have, the tracking and how you stack it up and display it is, is better than us. Like, how do we really partner with these, these disruptors and game changers in the industry like Sisu to really allow agents and teams to build and create their perfect all-in-one. If you've been enjoying Grit, please help us continue to grow the channel by leaving a five-star review and sharing it with a friend. Now back to Grit. Obviously, that's something we're focused on as well. So we, we love that. And uh, the, the closer we can get, with you guys on that, the better for both of us. And it has to be easy to use, right? I mean, you've seen that in your UX, you're the beautiful UX. It just has to be easy to use. So with your experience in real estate and really running a technology company now, Gabe, what are the most important things for a team owner to be doing in today's real estate market? I mean, the market has changed drastically. And right now, I mean, interest rates dropped again today, right? Uh, I'm seeing that agents are having a harder and harder time just competing to try to get a house. It's hard to, it's hard to go out there and win when you're writing an offer. Yep. So anyway, what, what are the most important things first that team owners can do and then that agents can do to really thrive in today's real estate market? Yeah, well, I think you have to stay educated, first of all, right? The market's changing. Uh, you've been doing this for a long time. I mean, the, what I've seen and what I would go back and do in, you know, 2003 and 2004 is different from today. So, I mean, first of all, the, the, the single agents, the top producing agents where you're saying they're having a harder time competing, I truly believe teams are taking over this industry. Uh, I really believe you're either going to be running a team or on a team uh, for the most part, you know, within three to five years. And there's not a bad- And why? Let's talk about why. I mean, what, what disadvantages does a solo agent have? So look at, looking at risk, so my, my experience, a lot of the solo agents either feel like I, I, I'm a one man or one woman operation. I, I can't, I don't have time to create, you're asking about drip systems. I don't have time to create them and implement them and be out doing what I need to do to survive as a solo agent, right? I, uh, I don't, uh, they're more adverse, I think, to risk sometimes because, you know, they're on their own. And teams are leveraging, you know, responsibilities. There are certain, you know, mindsets that are better at building out their campaigns and making sure they're being applied than the, and then the mindset that's out working with clients and negotiating deals, right? Teams are just able to leverage time, money, and technology so much faster and better. I'm not saying there are no solo agents out there that aren't doing it. It's just, it's not the norm. Like, will there be zero solo agents out there? No, that's not true. But I still believe the, mo the, the solo agents that are surviving 
um, and, and that are still top agents have help. You can be a team and not have buyers, agents, and listing partners, right? You can have, right. you know, assistance, transaction coordinators. That, that's a team, right? You're running it as a business. Um, you know, and, and when you're operating as a team, there's, there's always closings coming in. There's always something happening. It's allowing you to also have more risk, right? When you look at risk and reward on a scale, those, those teams and agents that, that see the biggest rewards probably took more risk, right? And when you're a team and there's more deals coming in, you're, you're usually willing to take on more risk. You're more willing to have the ability of having vendor partners who are working with you because they see you as a bigger opportunity to help their business, help you pay for, you know, taking on risk. So whether that's uh, dialing systems or new lead gen sources or lead follow-up sources or reporting sources, right? They all cost money. And when you're on your own, you just typically aren't willing to take it on a lot. And I think when people embrace the idea of a team, and again, being a team leader on a team, I do think that's going to be majority of this industry in three to five years. There's not a bad one. Somebody, somebody asked me when I got off stage once, they're like, you know, I liked a lot of what you had to say, but I, I kind of feel like you spoke to it's better to be the team lead than to be the agent on the team. And and I, I really had to stop and think about what I was saying because that's not what I believe, right? I just, I think there are people who are willing to take risks and enjoy, you know, being the rainmaker and the visionary of something and then, and then having people, you know, profit from that. And there are people who don't want the risk, man, you know, yeah. there is nothing wrong with being a, a buyer's agent or a listing agent and letting somebody else deal with the stress and write the checks and take all the risk, knowing they're constantly feeding your pipeline. There is nothing thing wrong with that at all right and, so and now you are able to take advantage of the pipeline the systems all of the the transaction coordinator all of the stuff you don't have to worry about which Absolutely. which i guess to your point is why people are going to be on a team yeah i mean it's it's, it's i mean there's there's incredible you're out there there's incredible technology and tools and and you know what we're wanting to do is create this platform where people can build that perfect tech stack and all in one system it does take money to do that right and teams are going to be the ones that take advantage of that most that means that means they have the auto responders when they're coming in that are hitting these leads the 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 tools to stay in front of them the remarketing the retarget like there's so much that we can do to really convert these people into clients from just prospects and and then it, it trickles down from there so then when you're doing these things you get noticed in your communities by by builders by investors and that's why they're coming to you right it's just the industry is just leading towards teams more and more. And, you know, some people think it's good or bad, whatever it is. I, I do think it's the future of real estate. And I do think it's going to allow us to, to step our game up. I mean, there, you know, there are people out there wanting, you know, the, don't think real estate agents should exist overpaying right. and, and all that. And I, I, I couldn't disagree more, right? You should have somebody in your corner and teams are allowing the average agent to compete. You know, I see a lot of teams now that have their own iBuyer programs and things like that. I think it's fantastic. If the, if the industry is saying, the consumers are saying, hey, we want more options to sell our house versus 6%. We want cash offers. We're willing to walk away from some equity to, for, for certainty. We don't want people coming through. We want to know it's done because we're relocating. We're nervous with what's going on in the market. Then let's offer that. And it's typically teams that can move faster to offer the guaranteed buy programs or the iBuyer programs and stuff like that. So they just have advantages just in sheer numbers and, and the, you know, the, the deals coming in that make them comfortable taking more risk. So 
I've seen a lot of, you know, solo agents, obviously there are those that have been in the business forever who are doing yeah. really well and have, sure. have hired people like you're saying uh, to, to do their transaction coordinating and things like that. But newer agents coming into the market, I mean, usually they're lucky to do three to five transactions their first year, unless they're on a team. Yep. And when they're on a team, I mean, I'm seeing them do somewhere between 20 and 30 transactions uh -huh. oftentimes. Why is that? And what type of, as a team owner, what type of agent <laughs> do you look for? I mean, yeah. I, I see teams that want to have experienced agents and I see others that say, you know what, I don't want to, I don't want to bring those habits into my team. Yeah. I want to bring in new agents and teach them how. So what do you guys look for there? I mean, that's, yeah. that's it, something that I think. Uh, I'm in the it, middle. I, you know, I think people are really like, oh, here's, here's who has been licensed for five years. So they, they have terrible habits because they're never selling over four or five homes a year. Or I don't want to hire the brand new agents because that's more training. I, gotta, I actually have to teach them how to write a contract and what this terminology means, right? We all know watching this that real estate school and the test did not prepare us for actually being great agents and making money. It's keeping us out of jail, right? So uh, I'm in the middle. I, I think that there are great agents and people, people out there that want to provide great service, but they are risk adverse. We were just talking about it. They just didn't, whether you're a single mom or you know, a college grad right out of school or you know, had uh, made a bad investment somewhere, you're just not willing to take that risk. You know, that could be why they're not closing the deals, not because they're not great agents at what they do, right? So. I'm very much a believer in, if you come in, you, you hire to your culture, right? A good energy and a belief. And we want people who want to do this full time. Um, I, I don't think I'm going to hire a rock star every time that's going to sell 50, 60, 70 homes. I know those people aren't going to stick around long and that's okay. That's a whole different topic. Um, but really it's coming out. I want somebody's going to believe into the culture and come in and, and not try to reinvent the wheel, right? So whether you're new or you've been doing this for a while and not hitting the numbers you want, we've created the systems. We know what it takes. And I'm gonna steal this from Damon Gatier. You know, those that, uh, uh, the, those that will, will, and those that don't, don't, right? So those that will follow your systems and your process will, and those that don't want to are never going to. And sometimes you just don't know that until you get somebody into your, into your culture and, and working. So I don't have, I can, I can build you a case for where a, a new agent versus an experienced agent versus somebody young and, or versus older, or they're all successful. I think it's mindset and what you're doing. It's really hard to see that in the interview process, at least for me. You can do disc assessments or do any of those. It's, I think if you're hiring to you feel is a good culture fit, then that's great. Um, the one thing I, though I kind of sidetracked on there, top agents, when you recruit people and they start crushing it, I used to take it really personal when people would leave my team. They'd come in and just really, really start crushing it and then felt like, you know, okay, now I want to kind of go do this. I'm now ready to take on the risk and do this. And I used to really take it personal and, and I realized it's okay. And we've really changed really our environment to really almost foster that. If you've got somebody that wants to become that rainmaker and do that, show them the way, right? They're going to do it with or without you. Figure out a way to show them and help them build their systems and tools because it's going to happen either way. And you either have them retain within your brokerage or or whatever it is or not. And I just think that's a natural path and it ups our game. And as an industry, if we all, I think, just understand and how to promote excellence and growth, we all benefit from that, right? It's gonna happen either way. So I just think it's a great mindset to have. If you're looking at a team, you're gonna have people leave you, Yeah. right? Not, 
uh, whether you ask them to leave or they choose to leave because it's just not for them or they now want to do it their own, that's okay. It's going to happen either way. Just be part of that positive experience versus fighting it. Great. So you, you mentioned a few minutes ago uh, being, being pro-agent, right? So many people trying to eliminate the agent. I yeah. saw the fire in your eyes as you talked about that. So what's, what's your vision for you know, five years from now? What's going to change in the real estate industry? It really, it, it, I'm going to go back to the teams. I just, I, we're going to see a much bigger shift uh, to teams. And, and you know, and, and there's, there's variation, right? You have teams that operate, uh, people are like, well, that's not a team, it's a brokerage. Yeah. Whatever it is, I think you're going to start seeing where people are linking arms and they're, they're sharing systems, tools, but they're, they're following these systems and, and technology. They're leveraging it, not fighting it. And whether it's a brokerage with multiple teams within it, uh, or teams individual uh, or operators, it doesn't matter. But you're going to s start seeing fewer and fewer people acting independently. They just, they just can't compete. And, and we're all seeing it, right? And I, I think, you know, if you're a brand new agent and you're watching this or newer, or if you've been in the business for a while and you're just not seeing the numbers, man, get on a team. Find a team that matches your culture. And the same thing, right? As a team lead, I want to hire to my culture. If you're an agent joining a team, Everybody operates different. Some have daily huddles. Some don't have daily huddles. Some are, you know, uh, treat you as an employer, have you signed up as an employee. Some are independent contractors. Find the one that matches what you want, but, you know, also, you know, see what their vision is and where they're going because that's where you're going to start learning. This is where you start learning. Do I want to be a team lead? Do I want to be an agent on, on a team? Pros and cons on both sides. Let me tell you, man, there are a lot of nights, you know, starting up new teams or, bring on new lead sources or systems or tools where I'm like, man, I just, I just committed myself to another thousand or 2000 or $5,000 a month, whatever it is, you know, knowing that I'm going to trust and believe in my team members that as, as we generate more opportunities and bring more people into the system that they're going to convert them. Right. So there, there, are, there is a risk and reward on both sides, but if you're newer into it, you know, get on a team because in three to five years, most everybody I think is going to be associated uh, with a team and and that's how they're going to be competing and have the tools to be able to compete with those that are trying to eliminate the agent position. Okay, great. What, uh, what advice do you have, Gabe, for, for our listeners? Just most of them are in real estate, mm -hmm. but it doesn't have to be real estate advice. It doesn't have to be business advice. <laughs> I mean, what's something that you've learned in your life that you just want want people to be aware of that's a good one um you know it, th this industry is going to keep changing you know we've seen the shift in teams we're talking about the shift it's, it's it's always changing and you know i think you need to get comfortable with change and when you're looking for it and you're on the forefront uh it's not so scary right so so being be willing to adapt uh, and change. Don't, not, I, I want to make sure I'm clear on that. It's not losing sight of who you are, doing something completely different. Um, you never want to lose sight of, of who you are, and you always want to insert, you know, that that crazy bit of color, whatever it is for you. Mine's orange. Um, in, into who you are and what you're doing. But this industry is changing, and man, whether it's going into teams or, you know, agents or not agents. I mean, we've got everything going on with the market right now and coronavirus. There's always change happening. Um, be ready for and plan with it. And, and when, you, when you're not uh, reacting to everything, you're more, more proactive, right? So you're, 
your systems. I know what's happening. You know, I'm going to, I'm not always reinventing the wheel every day. Um, you're going to be much more comfortable with it. Change is coming uh, nonstop uh, for good or for bad, but be ready for it. You know, get out there, you know, attend a couple events a year, right? You, you really need to there. We don't have to reinvent the wheel. There, there are many of us, myself included, who have lost tens and tens of thousands of dollars, probably actually probably in the hundreds, you know, on lead gens or this tool or that. Listen, learn from them. You don't have to do what they're doing, but you can learn from them, right? Fail forward. So change is happening, embrace it and, and just be out there. This is your career. This is, this is your job. And it's not just, you know, picking up the phone and, and calling buyers and sellers, but it's educating yourself. And there's, there's a ton of coaching uh, conferences, in men, um, local events, you know, stay, stay educated and aware of the change that's coming so that you're not caught off guard and left behind. Yeah, you just said something really interesting, um, Gabe, and it was that you've lost probably hundreds of thousands of dollars doing, making mistakes, let's call it, or learning, right? So I just think it's really important that, geez, if I could go back in time, there's so many people I would have gone to for advice. Thankfully, I've learned that now and, and go to people instead of just doing something and failing at it and learning over the course of five or 10 years, you can go find out from the right people how to do something and you can learn it in, you know, a couple of months versus, versus years and years. So yeah, I love, I love, I love that lesson. And uh, thanks for sharing that. Just a few other short questions here, Gabe, in wrapping up. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite book or what's your favorite source of learning? What, what do you do personally to grow yeah. in your life? So um, I, I love that you added the favorite source of learning on there. So some of the I don't read as much as I should. Um, I really should. And, I, um, and my favorite book, I have to say, is Five Dysfunctions of a Team. I just I think that speaks a lot into listening and making sure everybody's in the right seat. But my favorite source of learning is what I just said. I love going to events. Like if I can go and just sit in an audience and listen to all these events, bring in, you know, you know, top agents or coaches or, or technology guys that are building tools that help, you know, it's a great way to hear a lot of different perspectives uh, and find what fits you. Right. And again, when you leave a one day or two day, three day event, whatever it is, we got pages and pages of notes, right? It only takes one thing to implement, right? One little thing or one nugget to make it worthwhile. And I, I love events because there's just, there's so many different opinions coming in. And I know that drives some people crazy, but I don't know how you can get a better source of people who have failed uh, and can help you not lose so much money and then find out what they adjusted and what they're doing right. And you're going to find something that resonates with you, something that just kind of gets that, that fire going, that burn going. And so I, I love getting out there and, and to me, do one local and do one that's out of state get out, right? If you can't shut down for a couple days to go learn from others in the industry and other parts of the country, clearly you don't have the right systems <laughs> in place. So get those going. But man, I love events. There, there's, there's a ton of social groups and everything, but man, shut down and invest in your time and your business and go and, and mix it up, right? There, there, there's some fantastic ones out there. And if you want more information, you know, you, you can find me online easily. I'd love to you know, share some of the great ones that, that, that I really like. So, and, and what I like might not be perfect for you, but get out there. There's just, agents are so giving, right? They, we are giving creatures. Uh, and I don't care. I help so many teams here in our local market. There's enough business in every market to go around. 
most agents aren't going to implement and do, ask the questions, right? We are a giving, giving uh, group of people and there's so much to learn that you don't have to, to, to just reinvent. So I love, I love that you say events. Uh, there, I, this, I reflect on my wife whenever people talk about this because she, I call it investing in yourself and mm -hmm. she invests in herself more than anybody I've ever met by going to different things. And she's taking her whole team to Tony Robbins awesome. next week, right? So just those types of things. My question for you though, with that being your like secret sauce, uh -huh. what's the secret to going to an event and coming back and implementing? Because <laughs> I guarantee you, 99% of the, the world goes to events and they come back and then they do yeah. nothing. So okay. what's the secret how, how, to actually implementing to on those things? How honest do you want me to be? I want, <laughs> this is raw. I want you to be honest. Okay. So, I mean, and I've done this, right? So I, I'm first to admit I've made more mistakes than everybody else. Um, and I'm all for having cocktails and having a great time. I love dancing. I love hanging out and socializing and you should, right? But you're, you're shutting down shop to go, right? Just be present. Like I, I see so many people that go, I think for just the social aspect and are at the bar too long. And I'm, I'm one of them at the bar and I'll buy you a drink. I'll, I'll link arms with you and have a drink, but also know you're there to learn and take something back, right? Now there's certain events you go for networking, have at it. But I think what happens is you get wrapped up sometimes because we're such a fun loving group of people that you lose sight of that. Hey, what was my mission, right? And to me, that's getting one thing, one thing that you're going to come back and implement. Now, if you're a team and you have staff, you might be able to make it a couple things because you have departments at that point, right? I want one thing I want to implement on my buy side for my buyer's agents, maybe one thing for the listing partners or for my admin, right? But you need to come back, you know, you know, begin with the end in mind. I'm going to go and I'm bringing back one thing that I'm going to change. And what helps is, man, look in the mirror and be honest with yourself. Where am I failing in my business? Where am I not? maximizing and, and go to the event with a list of items that you really know you have to start from a point of honesty right because if you can't you're not going to build a thriving business so when you show up at these events show up with a list of items where you know you need help right and so when you're listening you're like does it fall here so you can pick that one thing and and just make sure that you're not so hung over the next day that you remember the thing you want to you want to take home with you Okay. So from experience, from experience. I mean, th this has always been a challenge for me at events. And I think it is for, for most people. And a few years, about three years ago, I went to date with destiny. Okay. And one of the things I loved is date with destiny is Tony Robbins. Uh, one of his events for those of you who don't know. Uh, but one of the things he had us do there was take everything. This is the last day. We took everything that we learned through the whole week. This is a whole one week event. Mm -hmm. And we put a blueprint together on a big white poster board of what we're going to create based on that week, right? So before we even left, we had a blueprint created. And that, that's been a game changer for me to, to basically anytime I'm in a meeting at an event, talking to somebody where I'm learning things, if, if you can put a blueprint together at the end of the day or the next morning that says, okay, based on what I learned, these are my steps of execution. This is what I'm going to do. I, I love that. Changer, right? Yeah, I love that. I think that's my point too, you know, before I get a bunch of hate mail because I was like, I've seen you drinking at the bar. 
think that's my point to not going too crazy is to, to write that down and know that it's going to be the one thing from that day or whatever. It's that next morning, right? I think you need that time to kind of marinate and just self-reflect, but it's not when you get home a day and a half later. I think that's the mistake. And I love that he does it as an exercise because that's what I want to make sure the next morning that you really, you know, the morning after that event, really sit down and like, what is that one thing or the two if you're a team, but, but going to two is dangerous, right? What is it? And writing it down. I think what you said there is key. I love the idea of a blueprint um, because I think once you put it that much effort into it, even that at least writing it down, let alone a blueprint, you're much more likely to work towards it and have some sort of next steps action plan for it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even if it's one thing, right, it may take a dozen steps to, to be able to execute on that one thing. So let's put those down. Yeah. Um, all right, Gabe, moving, moving to a little, little less uh, formal question. What's your favorite place? Where do you like Ooh, to go? Puerto Vallarta. Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. All right. How did you, how'd you fall in love with that? Uh, accident, honestly. Uh, some friends just invited us down there once and, and we were supposed to do something else. And we ended up going and just kind of fell. No, wait, I'm going to take it back. Enjoyed it. And then uh, when, I, when I started at Remax in 2005, I think it was, our broker had a place down there as well. And then we, we had the privilege of getting to go down two or three times a year uh, with them just because they had a place that we could go to. And nice. uh, it's just, it's the perfect balance of Mexico, but being safe and weather. It's, I mean, I love Cancun and all that, but there's just something about Puerto Vallarta that is just, man, it's just, it's, it's incredible. If you've never been, it's, it's hands down my favorite place to go outside the country. Great. And what's your favorite thing to do in your personal time? I know you work hard, but you've got, I know you play hard as well. So, um, oh man, that's a tough one. Uh, getting out, just get outside. So if it's summer, I love wake surfing, uh, hiking, just getting outside. If it's winter, my favorite thing to do is going to Puerto Vallarta. <laughs> get away from the winter. Okay. Great. Uh, and Gabe, what's the best way to get a hold of you if somebody wants to, if they have questions about FirePoint or building a team or yeah, anything I mean, else? So we, we have tons of content on FirePoint.net, right? So tons of webinars. And again, this isn't a, a FirePoint pitch, just get systems. I don't care if it's FirePoint or somebody else, get systems uh, and get them now. But tons of webinars that we've done with coaches and how to and lead follow up. And if you've ever seen me speak on stage, it, it, it truly is. It's all about just getting your systems and process regardless who they are. Just find what works for you. So firepoint.net has tons of videos, tons of questions. I mean, and, and I'm easy to find on Facebook uh, as, as well. So uh, we'd, we'd love to help. Um, in fact, we have a bunch of webinars coming up on just things on, on, on lead conversion tactics and team building and stuff too. And we always post those on the website. So um, yeah, if I'm at Facebook, send, uh, shoot me a friend request because I'll also I do a lot of those live on Facebook. So, you know, whatever I can do to help is, is really what, uh, that, that, that's what fills my bucket. I love getting people on, into FirePoint, but if I can just help you get your systems down, whether it's FirePoint or not, then uh, that's, that's what I love. Okay, Gabe, I've noticed that from your customers. They love that you truly care about their business. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today. It's always a pleasure and look forward to catching up with you again soon. Yeah, thanks for having me. Take care. Thank you for joining us on our podcast. If you have an interest in a free seven-day trial of Sisu, go to sisu.co, S-I-S-U dot C-O. Make sure that you use the coupon code GRIT, that's G-R-I-T, 
to waive all your setup fees and receive a 10% discount on your subscription. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and want to subscribe, search GRIP, the Real Estate Growth Mindset, on iTunes, Spotify, or Podbean. And with that, we'll catch you next time. Take care.